An iconic piece of chamber music on the new classical FM, Franz Schubert's String Quartet Number no. 14 in D minor, much better known as the Death and the Maiden. That was the striking opening movement as performed by the Alban Berg Quartet. And that piece has a connection with our guest tonight, Canadian Sri Lankan composer Dinik Wujaratne, whose piece A Letter from the Afterlife will be featured in the upcoming TSO On Demand concert, available March 26th, along with Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Dinik is here to tell us all about it. Dinik Wajaratna, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Catherine. Now, your piece, A Letter from the Afterlife, has a wonderfully evocative title. Can you give us some background on that? Yes, actually, uh, it's a set of two pieces. So A Letter from the Afterlife is the first one. The second one is called uh, I Will Not Let You Go. And they're both part of uh, a piece called Two Pop Songs on Antique Poems. And um, it, these pieces came to be because of a very interesting project uh, many years ago with the Afiara String Quartet. They had this idea to commission music for string quartet inspired by pop in some way, you know, according to the, uh, the composer's wishes. I sort of came up with um, a bunch of ideas, and I thought some kind of dialogue between tradition and innovation in the sense of, uh, you know, some kind of collision of the old and the new would be a fun way to go about it. And at the time, I was hanging out with um, the, the DJ Scratch Bassett, and I remember playing him the opening of Schubert's Death and the Maiden. And just for fun, you know, I gave him uh, the first few bars, and, and he sort of sampled it. I, I was just stunned by, by what he did with this very short clip of music. And so that, that quote has woven its way into this piece. And um, in terms of this collision of, um, you know, the old and the new, there are influences of, um, there are inspirations from very old poems. So in terms of A Letter from the Afterlife, it's the inspiration of a favorite poem by Omar Khayyam, you know, which comes from the 12th century from the Rubaiyat. And so that's colliding with these Schubert quotes and then many, many tabla influences. Uh, it's quite a sort of stew of influences. Yeah, and it comes off quite beautifully. And actually, uh, mentioning that opening of the Death of the Maiden, it's something that always struck me as more on the kind of <laughs> metal side of uh, classical chamber music. Um, yeah, of course, it, it does have that sound, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And and it brings me to another question I have for you because of uh, the way that you've melded uh, idioms here in many many ways, but. You know, in, in music classification, which tends to be problematic at the best of times, but classical and mm-hmm. pop seem to exist historically in mutually exclusive silos. From your perspective as a composer, what are your thoughts on that? Are the distinctions real or artificial? Are they social more than aesthetic? Or uh, what, what's your take? I mean, you know, they're, they're different in the sense that there are stylistic differences, but that's very surface level. I always try to get away from these kind of silos um, I, you know, I, I grew up in the Middle East and, and at the time, um, at the time it seemed like a disadvantage that we didn't, I didn't have access to a lot of music that youth, uh, do now, you know, so there was no YouTube and I couldn't just join a youth orchestra if I wanted to. But now there's a, I, I, I see this as a bit of a crazy advantage because there was no kind of music bias growing up. Uh, you know, I would just sort of, uh, pick recordings off my parents' shelves and, and then, of course, you know, being in Dubai, you were listening to a lot of Arabic music and, and uh, South Asian music. And at the same time as, as just wondering, you know, what Mozart sounds like in on a CD or something. I love that sort of one day this, one day that kind of uh, way of, of, of consuming music. 
And I'm constantly looking for ways to just sort of have fun and uh, blur the boundaries and, and really not to think at all about style. Well, we're going to have a chance to hear this movement, A Letter from the Afterlife. So can you talk a little bit about how you have blurred all of these lines or integrated these different styles? Yes. You know, a lot of my music uh, is influenced by a lot of non-Western styles, and I'm particularly obsessed with the tabla. I have a tabla concerto, and I've, I always joke that, um, you know, in a previous life, I was a tabla player. But even in the pieces that aren't explicitly about tabla, there is always some kind of tabla uh, influence. So the the first riff that you hear on the violin, um, this that kind of rhythm is actually a a snippet from a, a tabla composition. All of these sort of rhythms come together, and there's a lot of manipulation of that rhythm. You know, in the case of this piece. I'm not trying to be explicit with any sort of influences, except for maybe the Schubert. There's a there's a little bit of a whimsical joke there, but everything else is sort of uh, folded in. And in terms of the creative process, that's really where the fun is. And what does it mean for you to have this work programmed alongside Gabriella Lina Frank's music and Vivaldi's Four Seasons on the TSO On Demand concert? Well, I mean, you know, I love her music, and and I also love the Vivaldi. You know, the Vivaldi was a piece that I encountered um, when I was growing up as a teenager in Dubai. And, and as I said before, you know, it wasn't easy to get my hands on, on scores and everything. And I remember the first time seeing the score and feeling like I'd been shown how to do a magic trick, you know, in terms of how the string orchestra was working. Just it feels great to, to just be side by side with this music. I'm so, uh, I'm so honored. Well, Vivaldi has a lot of kind of pop riff vibe in his music, too. A big time. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually quite a quite a nice pairing. Um, and coming back to uh, the present moment and this time that we're in, what are you up to these days? How has the pandemic been treating you? Actually, you know, I've been blessed to be safe and well and continuing to be very creative. You may know that I'm also a performer as well. I'm quite an active conductor and I'm also an improvising pianist. So I play a lot with with world musicians. Oh, cool. So on the performance side, of course, there's been nothing, you know, in terms of live music making, except for this month. I'm very happy to be um, now quarantining in Nova Scotia to work with the orchestra here. But otherwise, it's been a busy composer's life. I'm, I'm you know, uh, commissioned many years ahead. And, and I don't know if you've seen that sort of composer meme of a pre-pandemic working away in his or her studio and the picture of uh, during the pandemic, the composer uh, looks exactly the same. You know, it's just you <laughs> sitting in a room trying to churn out the music. So that's uh, that's what life has been like. Well, we look forward to hearing what uh, you will have written during this period. And uh, actually, right now, we're going to have a chance to uh, hear your work. Uh, Dinek Widjaratne, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That was composer Dinek Widjaratne. His work, A Letter from the Afterlife, is included on the upcoming on-demand concert offered by the TSO alongside Vivaldi's Four Seasons, available March 26th. You can find out more at tso.ca. Right now, let's hear Dunnick's work. This is A Letter from the Afterlife.